If you're raising a teenager, it's pretty likely you've gotten mad uh, at some point in time. All of us have done that. Uh, If you're feeling regret over how you responded or reacted to your teen's behavior or uh, maybe a word they said, uh, lean in. We're going to be discussing how you can help make things right. I'm John Fuller, along with our Vice President of Parenting, Danny Huerta. And Danny, you're a counselor. You work with kids and families all the time. How have you seen parents trying to kind of repair either effectively or ineffectively the damage that they feel like they've done by overreacting? Yeah, we've had several moments in the counseling office of this very thing. Parents usually are very reactive to moments of intense or intentional disrespect or intentional disobedience where uh, they have taken it personally. And so there's a reactive moment to that rather than there's a teenager here or a child that is struggling with their own will hmm. and, their, and their own desires. And there's a wrestling match in that, and it's not personal oh. to me. And I, I still remember this one dad and his son, both very volatile, angry individuals, had a very passionate personality. And in disagreement, they would get in physical altercations Ooh. at times where sometimes it would go out into the front yard. They'd tackle each other and punch each other. There was intense reactiveness from the dad. If there was any moment of disrespect, all of a sudden there's yelling, there's posturing, and there was uh, uh, hitting between the two. Obviously, that's an extreme place, but there are word altercations between parents a lot. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of regret with it, yet there's a lot of room for repair. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that hope. And we're going to hear now a little bit more about this topic from Gary Chapman. Uh, Dr. Chapman is well known for his love language concept. Uh, He's written about that extensively. And uh, Dr. Chapman talked with Jim Daly and me about a time that he got very upset at his son. I think those emotional waves are, and again, I only have the boys. So, John, you've you've got three girls. So jump in. We've had plenty of emotions. (laughs) But, but you know, boys, from what I understand and what I experience, they're fairly predictable. They're pretty straightforward. They can be too much so, you know, whether it's physical aggression or all of that. And they're very action-oriented, typically, where from what I've heard from my dad friends with girls is it's very emotional, yeah. You know, something just goes wrong, and you don't even understand what the, what the conversation is right now. Was that your experience? Yeah, I think it can be true, uh, but I don't think it's true for all girls or all guys. Yeah, it's eighty twenty. Recognize that, right? Yeah. 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 Well, I'd say for all six of our kids, there was an age twelve, thirteen, fourteen. All of them cried at some point. I remember. Uh, one of my boys, he he's like. What are you 30. trying to say, John? Well, I'm just saying it's normal for when the teen yeah. years come. My my yeah. my son is 13. He, I mean, adolescence has hit. He's crying, yeah. and he says, "I don't know why I'm crying." Mm. Yeah. And all I could say was, "It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You've got a lot of emotional stuff and a lot of um, testosterone going through your system, yeah. and you're adjusting to that." Yeah. In fact, you, your son Derek, you had that explosive moment that you described in the book when he was a teenager and something took place. First, what happened? How did you manage it? And how did you repair the damage in it? Well, it had to do with anger. And uh, we got into an argument one night. I think he was probably 14 at the time. And uh, I was yelling at him Mm. and I said hateful things to him. And he was yelling at me and said hateful things to me. And in the middle of that argument, he just walked out of the room and walked out the front door and slammed the door. Mm-hmm. And when he did, I woke up. 
Hmm. And I thought, oh God, I thought I was further along than this, yelling at the son I love. Hmm. And I sat down on the couch and just started crying. And my wife came in and tried to console me. She said, Gary, that was not your fault. I heard the whole thing. He started that. He's got to learn how to respect you. But it's hard to console a sinner. Mm. <laughs> so she gave up and left the room. Mm. And I got on my knees and just poured my heart out to God. And I just confessed my sin to God. And I really said, Lord, I thought I was further along than this, that I would never do this. Mm. And in time, I don't know how long, but in time, my son walked back in the house. And when he did, I said, Derek, could you come in here a minute, son? And he came in and sat down. And I just poured my heart out to him. Mm. I said, Derek, I, I want to apologize to you. A father should never talk to a son the way I talk to you. And I said, I said some hateful things. And that's not the way I feel about you. I love you. Mm. And I just poured my heart out. And I finally said, I, I just, I hope you can forgive me. Yeah. And he said, Dad, that was not your fault. I started that, and I shouldn't talk to you that way. Huh. And when I was walking up the street, I asked God to forgive me, mm. and I want to ask you to forgive me. Yeah. And we hugged each other, and we cried, and we hugged each other, and we cried. And when, it was, when that was all over and we both kind of calmed down, I said, Derek, why don't we try to learn how to process anger in a positive way and talk our way through anger rather than yelling our way through anger. So what if the next time you're angry at me, you just say, Dad, I'm angry. Can we talk? And I'll sit down with you and just listen. Huh. And I said, the next time I'm angry with you, I'll just say, Derek, I'm angry. Can we talk? And let's learn how to do this. And that was a huge turning point in our be. relationship. Yeah. Boy, I would think when he came back to the house and you had that exchange of forgiveness, really, you had to turn around and go, okay, maybe we're further along than I thought. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's the yeah. irony. But that's the issue with anger. It's such a flash. Yeah. I mean, there's something in us that's triggering us. Yeah. And it's like we don't like yeah. who we are in that moment. Yeah. Especially those of us that believe in Christ, yeah. right? It's not a pretty sight. It's an ugly side yeah. of our flesh. Yeah. I've sometimes said that was one of the saddest nights of my life and one of the happiest nights of my life. Yeah. Sad because of what I had done. Happy because my son had demonstrated to me he knew how to apologize. Yeah. And I think in raising boys, I think I, it's a generalization, but most dads have a moment with their son in some way. I remember Trent, and he was probably 17, and he had spoken to Gene very harshly. And, like, he's six foot six at this point. <laughs> and I got in his face at six two, and I said, you don't talk to mom that way. And he just looked at me. We we're kind of what the term is bowing up on each other, yeah. you know. And yeah. and I said, you don't talk to my wife like that. Yeah. She may be your mother, but she's my wife. Yeah. And I remember we just were eyeballing it like, <laughs> is this going to be that moment? And I'm thinking, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, one, he's bigger than me. But two, do I really want to go down this path? And it get cooled off. And, you know, he was kind enough to come back and say I was totally wrong. Yeah. I yeah. shouldn't talk to mom that way. And that, that may have been the last time that he did, yeah. actually. Yeah. So that worked, yeah. but it did kind of, uh, boy, it was dicey. You're right. You know, what's unfortunate, Jim, as you know, some parents go through those situations again and again and again, and that's when the child checks out. 
and sometimes they run away from home, they leave, right. or they make it till they get through high school, and then they just don't have anything to do with their parents. And that's what's tragic. And that's why I say to parents, when you recognize that what you've done or said is not loving and kind, apologize. And sometimes parents say, but if I apologize, uh, won't they lose respect for me? And I said, no, no, no. They gain respect. They already know that what you did was wrong. Uh, well, Danny, this can be a sensitive subject for some moms and dads, and, and there's that scenario that the parent has apologized, but the teen is like, no, I'm not accepting that. There's some defiance there. How do I diffuse that? What do I do in that situation? Really, internally, you have to. You, you need to bring grace and patience to the table. It's going to take time to rebuild trust, especially if you've brought out some words that have been uh, hurtful mm. and you've asked for forgiveness. They want to see if truly... There's a change there if there's something different. So be patient with that. You can't force an apology. I still remember what my daughter said, how do I know when I'm sorry? Because I do not feel sorry, and I don't want to say sorry. Hmm. And that was very insightful to me. That's true. You need to, it needs to be a feeling and a thought. And sometimes the thought comes first, but then the feeling will follow that. And so with your kids, just know they live by feeling. They may not feel like apologizing. And in time, as that calms down... If you have a good relationship, they will, they will come to you. And there may be a need for counseling help where you, you seek a counselor together. It's not just about you're changing your child. It's saying, we're struggling in our relationship, and I want to repair this, mm-hmm. and I'm investing in this. Okay. It shows an investment on your part. I love Colossians 3.12. I love this piece of scripture all the way down to, to 15. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your heart so that indeed you are called in, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Hmm. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. It gives us a perfect assignment as parents. We bring that to the table it will begin to create a binding unity between you and your child. And if they show disrespectful moments emotionally, be patient with that and say, I don't appreciate you talking to me this way. I understand where it's coming from. You validate that, and I love you. I I really need for you to talk to me differently, even though I know you're angry. Mm. I know that. And maybe we can talk about that part at a different time. I was just going to say, there's a, a power in pausing, isn't yes. there? It, it, it doesn't mean we're running away and we're not going to talk about this. It just means, uh, to quote somebody I know, it gives your brain a chance to catch up with your emotions. Nice. Very good, John. <laughs> yeah, Very that's good. your line. There it is, man. So, so oh. you know, you mentioned counseling. I want to turn to our mm-hmm. listeners and just say, if you're in a tough spot with your teen daughter or son, uh, we do have a team of caring Christian counselors, and uh, it'd be our privilege to have them give you a call back and to hear you out, to offer some insight, maybe direct you to some resources, even a counselor in your area, if uh, you'd like to follow up that way. Our number is 800, the letter A in the word family, uh, and we'll have details about connecting with our counselors in the show notes as well. If you're in a good spot and you'd like a copy of the book that Dr. Gary Chapman wrote, Things I Wish I'd Known Before My Child Became a Teenager, uh, it's full of the kind of insights you heard from Gary in the audio clip there, uh, get a copy from Focus on the Family today. 
Uh, You can buy it anywhere, but when you donate to the ministry here and make our outreach stronger, we'll send a copy of it to you as our uh, expression of gratitude for being a part of the support team. Again, Things I Wish I'd Known Before My Child Became a Teenager by Dr. Gary Chapman. Make a donation today when you call 800-A-FAMILY or hit the show notes for all the details. Next time, we'll hear about teaching your child to be responsible. We'll be talking with Kay Wyma. And for now, on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. As a parent, it's easy to find myself sitting backseat to my kids in the backseat. It's tough to be a step ahead. In full honesty, I'm pretty hard on myself when that happens. But I've found Practice Makes Parent, a podcast from Focus on the Family, hosted by Dr. Danny Huerta and Rebecca St. James. It helps me be more intentional and not feel alone when things get tough. Everything they share is practical and well-practiced, and I can use it right away. Listen to Practice Makes Parent wherever you get your podcasts.